0: It's certainly a joy to be back in fellowship with you for the few minutes that's left at our disposal tonight. Let's read the portion that which we're going to speak from tonight. Revelation chapter 1, and let's beginning at verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is. And which was, and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins, In his own blood And hath made us kings and priests Unto God and his father To him be glory and dominion Forever and ever Amen Behold he cometh with clouds And every eye shall see him And they also which pierced him And all kindreds of the earth Shall wail because of him Even so Amen I am Alpha and Omega The beginning and the ending Said the Lord And we come back again Which is and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded unto the paps with the golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass. And if they burnt in the furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, says John, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. For I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have got the keys of death and of hell. Turn over your page and come over to chapter 4, and we're going to take up one verse there, number 8. And the four beasts. And each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And we come back again, which was, and is, and is to come. (coughs) Let's ask the Lord to bless his word again to our hearts. Our blessed God and our righteous Heavenly Father. We bow your presence this evening, and if there's a Zion of hearts, is that, as we gather on thy word, that you, through the blessed Holy Spirit, would speak to our rich and every heart, as only thou canst, both speaker and hearer alike. Give us receptive hearts for thy word, we pray. May we not leave this place as we came in. We just ask of thee, that when we shall have left this place tonight, We will be impressed with only the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done, is doing, and what he's going to do. And it is in thy name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. We are living in troublesome times, times that you cannot imagine. We are still at war as a country, but on the battlefront of our local life, as it is in San Antonio and as it is in Pembroke Pines, the people of our country has become anti-God and anti-Christ. It was only today we're talking at the table about how God had to handle Sodom and Gomorrah. And he hasn't changed. I verily believe that God is going to bring some judgment on our country for the avenue for which it is going into and has been going lately. Things that never happened is happening. And we are in trouble time. And if you look in verse 9, John tells you, I was in times just like what we are passing through. He said he was in times of tribulation as they moved him on to the Isle of Patmos. And I'm sure that you're saying to yourself today, might be, Brother Hart, when he's finished with our message tonight, it will be the three things that we stopped for a moment and looked at. That which was that which is and that which is to come when John turned around and he saw such a majestic setting I'm reminded of the time when the bride was looking for the bridegroom and the daughters of Jerusalem and Solomon said to her he says what's so different about your beloved and she went down and she just told it to them how great he was Fairest among 10,000 to our souls. He's the bright and morning star. And when she came down and ended all of what she could say of him, he says then, she is altogether lovely one. When Isaiah saw him in Isaiah chapter 6, he saw him in all his glorious splendor and his train filled the table and all that he could hear around him was holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. And now John is seeing something of what these others had seen. And much was said about his head. Right down to his feet. I'd like to say now, as we go any further, that if ever there is going to be a change, it is going to take God's people putting a commitment into God's power working through us at our home, with our friends, our worth colleagues our school colleagues, and even those that we play with. John saw him clothed with a garment, gird around with a golden girdle, and he described his head and his eyes and his hands and his feet and his voice. And out of his mouth was that two-edged sword. His whole countenance, as we read, was just as the countenance of the noonday sun. And John said, when I saw him in all his glorious splendor, I fell down at his feet. And then he put his hand upon my shoulder, as it were, and said, fear not, for I am the first and I am the last. I am the one who is seeing something of the risen Christ. And we know today that he is alive and well forevermore. We're going to look today at these three little words. Which was, which is, and which is to come. The first thought I want to leave with you is this. That he is the God that was. He's not a God that just began yesterday. He didn't begin just when we were born. Long in a past eternity. It was God who sat down. And in his foreknowledge, he knew exactly what was going to take place at Adam and Eve. And they knew exactly what they were going to plunge us into. And he sat down and he made a preparation. And we read that when the fullness of time was come, what happened? God sent forth his beloved son into the synchrist world to be born of a woman, to be made under the law that he might redeem us who are under the law and bring us into the adopted family of God. And we need to praise him this evening for the God that was. I need him. You need him. Everybody needs him. He is the God of was. I like This God that was, because this God that was has got history. He's not a fly-by-night God. He had no beginning, and he has no end. We know him as the creator of the universe. And praise God tonight, our God has got a history that we can look back, the God that was. It is a God who called Abraham and said to Abraham, get up, we're going out. I often use this thought that for Abraham to pull in the u all truck at the house and he's loading up to leave and his wife says, Abraham, where are you going? He says, I don't know. But God said, get thee up. This is the God of provision that provided for Abraham every step of the way. This is the God that called men and women also, running from their sin like how Jacob was. This is the God that delivered the Israelites out of the land of Egypt that we were looking at this morning. I'm telling you, the thing that got me like everything else is when Moses, when the Lord said to Moses, drop the rod on the ground and it turned into a snake. He says, pick it up by the tail. You do that in Texas? You don't live much longer. But when he picked it up, it wasn't Moses' rod anymore. The Bible says it's God's rod. All Moses had was a rod and God used it. When it came, when Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord today, he said to Moses, lift up the rod. And the waters divided. No wind came to blow any waters the Lord moved the waters and brought it into two walls as we were learning this morning and the thing I like about it is this is that for so many people to cross over within one night the width of that must have been five or eight miles wide this is our God we talking that was and brought a deliverance that the Israelites never dreamt anything like this would have happened What a miracle we look back now. And this is our God, the God that was and had those two million plus people walked over on dry ground to the other side. What a God we have. This is the God that took David five little stones and brought down Goliath. What did David said? He said, you come to me all set up with all of what you're going to find. I come to you in what? In the name of the Lord. Thank God there is power in the name of the Lord. Now as it was when David slew Goliath. He hasn't changed. I like the sign that you've got on the top of the platform here. What does it say? Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. I like when I look and see the God who was, it was the God who stopped the mouth of the lions that would have delivered Daniel in a jiffy. But no, he still has that power. I remember when um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king, he said, let me tell you, it is God's prerogative to save us out of this fire but if he pleases to see us through the fire guess what we are not going to bow and what do we find the God that was was in the fire with Chedrach, Meshach and Abednego and my Bible tells me they came out of that fire without smell of smoke on their clothes what a God we have and I think what David's God was and Shadrach mission and a god Abendigo's God is. It's your God and mine today. Thank God for the God that was. Many of us can testify to the fact, as you look back in your little history of times when you thought you had reached, like we say, the end of the rope and there was no way out but we have got a wayfinder in the person of the God that was. I don't know what it does to you today, but it only tells me that I'm happy to know that I've been brought into a glorious, everlasting relationship with this God that was. The one who we read in verse 5 and 6, he loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own precious blood. And he has made us to become kings and priests unto God. Let me tell you, you and I belong to a big God. A big God. The God who was. He is bigger than and more powerful than anything that this world has ever seen. And he is a God who is a God of purpose and a God of value. I may be nobody in the eyes of the world. Believe me when I tell you that. But my father is a king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. And if I am his son, then I'm a prince of this God that was. And I have to praise the Lord for where I sit today. He has given me a purpose in life. Given you a purpose in life and a meaning in life. And when you are related to Jesus, he gives you worth and value and significance. He is the God that was with history. None can be compared to him like our God. But then that wasn't the only word that we looked at. It says... There was written, the God that was. We go to the next one. The God that is. The God that was. And now the God that is. He is the God who is. And he's the same God who was. I'm going to coin two words tonight and leave with you. If you and I tonight are rejoicing in his wasness, then guess what? We can rejoice more in his isness. Did you see that? He is the God who makes me to realize that he is not dead. He is present. He is not suffering from old age. Our God has not been, has been, that the God who was isn't is today. Just as there is wasness in him, there is isness today in him. I am, he said. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is living in the everlasting present tense. No one else is like unto him. What did he say in verse 18? He says, I am he that liveth, and I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys of death and hell. And like we said, like the sign says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me say this. If this doesn't put some joy in your joy box, I don't know anything else that will. That the God that was. Is the God that is today. And there is no change in him. You know what I like? I like that whatever the God that was could have done. He is still able to do it today. He hasn't lost an ancient power. My brothers, my sister. He is the same today as he was long before the foundations of the world was put together. He can no more change than his deity can cease to be. That's the God that is. There was never a time when God was not and there will never be a time when he ceases to exist. He is the alpha and he is the omega. He is the beginning and he's the ending. His power and His wisdom, His holiness and His mercy and His grace and His glory has not diminished one iota. Nothing with Him has decreased in any way. He has never evolved. He has never grown. And He hasn't improved. His decree is as good as Himself. And it's recorded in His Word if one jot of his word doesn't come to pass, guess what he says? Heaven and earth would pass away. There's none like unto him. He is the omniscient one. The one who knows everything. A trillion, trillion years from now, he knows exactly where Wally Hart is going to be. He knows exactly where you're going to be a trillion, trillion years from now. There's none like unto our God who was and is the omniscient one. But he's also the omnipresent one. The one who is everywhere. You know what David the Father says? He says, If I take the wings of the morning and I fly away to the uttermost parts of the earth, guess what? He's there. What a God. None can be compared unto him. The God who was is the God who is. And he is the omnipotent one, the all powerful one. The one who spake, and it was done. The one who commanded, and it stood fast. And the one who has caused with his power the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be shed abroad in the dark corners of our hearts, that through an acceptance of him as our Lord and Savior, we can know what it is to be born again into the family of God. And nothing will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My question to you this evening then is, do you know this God? The God that was, and the God that is. I don't mean like I know him like how I know the president. I know who is the president of the United States. But the president doesn't know me. That's the difference in knowing God. He knows the worst about us sometimes. But he loves us just the same. And none can be compared unto him. He is the eternal one. And guess what? He needs our worship. He needs our praise. And he needs our adoration. Everything that God was, God still is. Everything that he ever did, he can still do today. He has not lost his ancient power. The God who always find a way when there is no way. I like the wording that he says of himself. He is able to meet our every need according to his riches, where? In glory. Bill Gates. If you ask him for a donation and he gives you $5, that is not in relation to how rich he is. Now if you ask me for a donation, I give you $5. That's in relationship to how rich I am. But God is saying, I have brought you into my family. Nothing is going to separate you. And I want to let you know that I am able to meet your needs according to my riches in glory. They don't get any better than that. And that is our God. He still cares for his own. Whatever the cares of life is, he's saying as Peter puts it. He says, why don't you just cast your cares upon me because what? I care for you. The God of the universe, the creator of all things, the upholder of all things, the one by whom all things consist is saying, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And today he's still calling sinners of every walk of life. Fishermen, doctors, lawyers, chiefs, firemen, policemen, nurses. What does he want to do? He loved them. He has washed the sins away. He wants an acceptance of the Lord and Savior of their lives. Let me say, he never told John that he is the God that was. Neither did he say to John, I am the God that is. But I tell you, what is more of a joy to me is the God that is to come. The God that is to come. The almighty God of heaven. What a savior we have in him. He encompasses. All of time. He is the God of the past. He is the God of the present. And he is the God of the future. He is the Lord of all the ages. He has only taken time. And put it into a little slot of eternity. Time had a beginning. And time will have an end. You and I know it won't be long. But the joys of what is to come for the believing child of God. When we sit and think about what's to come for my life with God. It does nothing else but gives us the joy that he wants you and I to have. And when the time is all finished up, he's going to be taking us into an eternity that we'll never be able to understand. The Lord took my wife home nine years ago. And you know, I sat many nights and I wonder, what is it like for her to get on shore? And I heard a song. And I looked at the words, and it's now endeavilled in my mind. Just stepping on shore, and finding it heaven. Or touching a hand, and finding it God's. Or taking a breath, and finding it celestial. And waking up in glory, and finding it home. That's the, the hope of the Christian church. We are going to be with him one of these days. And again I will say it doesn't get any better than that. Your tomorrows and my tomorrows are in his hands. And that happens to be with the God that is to come. Yes, we experience what the God was. And then today, what the God is. But better days are coming. We're going into an experience with the God that is to come that our feeble minds will never be able to comprehend. Sometimes it doesn't matter what the problem is. He has a way of getting us around the problem. Over the problem. Or through the problem. But one thing we know that our tomorrow are in his hands. I hear an advertising ever so often by State Farm. What do they say? They say, You are in good hands in insurance. You have a claim to make with them, and you find out how good their hands are. But we have got an assurance. That we are in God's hands. And we don't have to bother about tomorrow. Because we know who holds tomorrow. And we are in his hands. What does the scripture say? It says my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them what? Eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of whose hands. My hand, says God. Thank God we're in his hands. So we don't have to worry about the God that is to come. He's at the controls. What is to come is twofold. First, we're looking for it and it could be tonight. He's coming with a rapture. When he will call from this world his own. And our change will come. One of these days you're going to bear your last burden. You're going to shed your last tear. You will bear your last pain. You'll take your loved one and put them down under the ground for the last time. And then guess what's going to take place after? Jesus will come. In the fullness of glory. To receive from his word. His own. That is. The God that is to come. Is going to fix us. Every step of the way. And then we will have no more pain. And no more sorrows. And then we're going to see him face to face. I like the words of the song that says, I shall behold him. I shall behold him in all of his wondrous glory. You know what I like about when he raptures his church? There's going to be a radical change. There's going to be a radical change that the world has never seen anything like this. When you and I are going to wake up like him. I don't know how much radical it can get. There's going to be a supernatural change. Only God could bring this about. It needs the supernatural power of the God whom we adore that change is going to be an instantaneous change in the twinkling of an eye. What does Paul say to the Thessalonian church? He says, the Lord himself, not sending an angel, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord instantaneously. And the change is going to be an eternal change. We are never ever going to have another change. We are going to be changed like him and we will be like him forever and forever and forever. That thrills me. That make me want to thank and bless and praise and adore and worship him. Not only for the God who was. Not only for the God who is. But for the God who is to come. And he has me as one of the things that he's going to be working on to come. But that's only one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is that when we shall have been raptured into heaven. The world will see seven years of tribulation. And at the end of that seven years, he is coming back again. And he's coming with you and I. He's coming with his saints. And he's going to settle off. This is not the Savior coming back. This is the judge coming back. When he came first, he rode a donkey. When he's coming back, he'll be riding a white horse. What a change. When he came, he came in alone. And when he's coming back, he's coming with the host of his saints with him. When he came in first, he was our savior. And he's coming back as judge. When he came in first, he came in like a babe in Bethlehem, manger. When he's coming back, he's coming back as a conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. What a God. They mocked him and condemned him and crucified him on his first run. But when he's coming back, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When he came in first time, it was said of him, away with him. We will not have this man to reign over us. When he comes back, his blessed be the name of the Lord, that he is coming back. I'd like to encourage you tonight to get your eyes off the global problems. Overlook them and see the Lord in all his majestic glory. What does he have for his people This last thought and we'll be finished. He said to the disciples. He said, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So that where I am, there ye may be also. My Bible tells me that the God that is to come. He is working on a place called the New Jerusalem. The Bible says it is 1,500 miles long, it is 1,500 miles wide, and it is 1,500 miles high. Can your imagination stretch to accommodate that? It's like from Dallas to Washington. That's one side. And it'll be the same thing on the other side. And it'll be the same thing with the height. It's going to have 12 foundations and it's going to have 12 gates. 12 of them will have the name of the apostles on it. 12 of them will have the tribes of Israel on it. Can your imagination Stretch on that. And That's when he is going to close off time. And this new Jerusalem is going to be coming down from above. That he's preparing for his people. Don't ask me if he's going to touch the earth. He still has got the power to put it and hold it in place. Like he does everything that has got to do with the universe. This is all wrapped up in the God that is to come. There is no hope, I know, as great as the hope that we have. In the God that was, the God that is, and the God that is to come. We close with the words of the last song. O joy, O delight, should I go without dying. No sickness, no sadness, no dread, and no crying. Caught up in the clouds with our Lord and to glory when Jesus receives his own. Father, bless thy word to our hearts tonight we pray. We would say to ourselves, in the light of that which you have planned for us, what people ought we to be? We trust as we shall rub shoulders of the world until Jesus Christ shall come that they may see Christ in us, the very hope of glory and made be the means of them coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal and indwelling Savior. Accept our code of thankfulness, our praise, our worship and our adoration. We pray then for the God that was, the God that is, And the God that is to come and is in thy name we pray. Amen.